Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from their front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to another Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hi everybody. (laughs) Why'd you laugh then, you dillweed? Come on. Welcome to episode 11. It's already started off well. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we are going to talk about doppelgangers. What's gone into you? I've seen my doppelganger. You have? Yeah, every time I look in the mirror. Oh, get away. (laughs) Right, we are going to discuss doppelgangers today. And later on we'll be doing the draw for the book as well. That giveaway from last... Actually, it's the week before last now, isn't it? Because we had a week's break. So that's for the abducted book. So we'll be drawing that later on. So stay tuned for that. So as I said, we're going to be talking about doppelgangers today. So according to legend, doppelgangers is actually German for double walker. They're paranormal duplicates of a real person. They can manifest in a number of ways. You can see them out the corner of your eye, meet them on a lonely road somewhere, or chillingly, see them standing behind you when you're looking in a mirror. Other thing is, though, aren't don't they still call it doppelgangers if you're if you see your if you see somebody look almost just like you. Like a double. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think some of those stories that we're going to talk later on, you could probably say are, are possibly that, you know, right. people seeing a double. But we've also included a couple of really weird ones as well that are definitely not. Some people actually call them spirit doubles as well. Spirit doubles. Spirit doubles. Sometimes doppelgangers can't be seen by the person at all, but instead manifest to other people in a completely different location. It may even cooperate with the person, help them with tasks, or act as a surrogate body of sorts. Oh, man, i got to get me one of those. It can clean and go to work for me, and I'll just get the money. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just call it in if you think you're going to have a crash or something. (laughs) There's many explanations for the doppelganger phenomenon. Mystics throughout the ages have believed that they are supernatural creatures, either spiritual copies of the person or downright demonic twins. So could that be what a ghost is, maybe? No, I'm just wondering whether you could get away with murder, saying it wasn't me, it was my demonic twin. Meanwhile, scientists say they're just electrical glitches of the brain or mental illnesses such as schizophrenia. Only two things are certain about these eerie apparitions. They're often bad news, and a surprising number of significant historical figures have claimed to be haunted by them. And I know that you've got a couple there if you want to start reading them out. Johan Waffelgang von <laughs> Waffelgang. <laughs> it's not fucking waffle. I didn't say waffle. You said Waffelgang. <laughs> you did. Okay, well, whatever. He. Wait there. No, no, hang on. No, let me Johann finish. Johan Wolfgang. What's next? <laughs> von Goethe. Johan Wolfgang von Goethe. <laughs> And continue. <laughs> Was a famous German writer, I poet. I waffles now. And be quiet. Oh, sorry, I, I just really want waffles now. Aw, <laughs> I'll make you waffles. I'm good at making waffles. Yeah, you are. Go on. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. <laughs> Was a famous German writer, poet, and politician who we've never heard of, but okay. A celebrated author who played a large part in shaping the field of literature. His words were widely read and respected. One day, a depressed Goethe was riding on a footpath after leaving a girl named Frederica. 
Did I get that one, you think? Yeah, right. yeah. you're good with that. Oh, cool. Suddenly, he faced a mysterious person riding toward him. The person who Goethe said he saw with a mind's eye instead of his actual eyes, of course, that could have been a hallucination, couldn't it? Have? Yeah. <laughs> was clearly Goethe himself, although he was wearing different clothes. The figure soon disappeared, and Goethe, who found its appearance strangely soothing, soon forgot all about it. Eight years later, he found himself riding down the same footpath in the opposite direction to see Frederica again. That's when he realized he was wearing the exact same clothes his doppelganger wore years ago. This was not the only doppelganger Goethe saw. Another time, he saw his friend Frederick walking on the street wearing Goethe's own dressing gown. Puzzled, Goethe went home, only to find Frederick there wearing the same gown Goethe had seen on the apparition. His friend had been surprised by the rain and borrowed the gown as his clothes dried. Yeah, that's what he says. Yep, that's a story and he's sticking to it. Uh, if I came home and, <laughs> or if you came home and I was wearing your dressing gown, you know, I don't think you'd put it down to a doppelganger. Yeah. So I've got on here about a young lady by the name of Emily Sage. We'll say her, it's spelled S-A-G-E-E. So Emily uh, never saw her doppelganger. Everyone else did, though. What? So Sajay worked in an exclusive girls' school. She was a very good teacher, but for some reason she kept moving from one job to another. In 16 years, she changed positions an impressive 19 times. In 1845, the school found out why. Sajay was allegedly the centre of some very strange doppelganger activity. Her spectral twin was first seen during a class as 13 students witnessed the doppelganger standing by Sajay's side and mirroring her movements. That's freaky. Next, it stood behind her as she ate, phantoming her movements. Sajay herself was completely oblivious to the apparition despite the fact that everyone else could see it clearly. However, she did become strangely groggy and powerless during the times the doppelganger manifested, and the wraith was often seen doing things Sajay later said she'd been thinking about at that particular moment, suggesting that she may have had some subliminal control over it. Soon, the doppelganger ventured beyond Sajay's immediate vicinity. At first, it appeared to a classroom full of students sitting calmly in the teacher's chair, while Sajay herself was outside working in the garden. The few people who dared to approach the doppelganger found they could pass through it, yet it had a texture that reminded them of thick fabric. Time went by and the apparition became a permanent fixture of the school's life, freaking people out on a regular basis. The girls' concerned parents started removing their children from the school. Although Sajay was a model employee on all non-paranormal accounts, the headmistress had no option but to fire her and her ghostly double. What would be written on your sort of form they give you when you leave? She does twice as much as anyone else? Well, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if she could have got double the pay. Yeah, I doubt that works that way. No, but it's pretty weird though, isn't it? Imagine going to a tribunal, taking the company to a tribunal because you've been fired because of a ghost. But it wouldn't have been a ghost, would it? And, and anyway, she got fired an awful lot of times and rehired. Maybe there was something else going on. We don't know about that lady. Yeah. Percy Shelley was a brilliant poet in his own right, although he is mainly remembered as the husband of Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein. 
Although one would assume that Mary, the horror writer, would have been the one to see ghosts and monsters, it was in fact Percy who witnessed doppelgangers. Shortly before Percy drowned in a sailing accident in 1812, he confessed to Mary that he had met his doppelganger many times. These confrontations included one particularly haunting experience where he walked onto a terrace only to be greeted by his doppelganger who asked him, drumroll, how long do you mean to be content? What? How long do you mean to be content? Hmm. All my life, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, not really drum roll worthy, is it? No, I'm going to take it back. <laughs> Strangely, Percy's doppelganger was also witnessed by his close friend, Jane Williams, who saw it passing her window on a route frequently walked by the real Percy to a dead end, but never returning. The real Percy was nowhere near. So walked to a dead end and then just disappeared. Mm, maybe she blinked when he went by. It's, just, it's weird, isn't it, to walk to a dead end? I mean, there's no way out. It's a dead end. It's, so that's quite interesting. That it wasn't just saw someone who looked like it. So you know what you were saying earlier about what if it's just someone who looks like you, you're double mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. like. This is someone's actually seen someone that she thought was him, but then he's inexplicably disappeared. It's like a pre-ghost. Yeah, pre-ghost. That's a good. <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? So uh, let's think about it. If if there's doppelgangers around now, are those doppelgangers what's left and become ghosts? And really, the real person has died and doesn't come back. That would explain why not everyone has a ghost. Maybe not everyone has a doppelganger. Maybe. Hmm. Okay, food for thought. I don't think I'd want to have a pre-ghost, because that means you definitely die. Well, everyone's going to definitely die, you muppet. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't want my pre-ghost hanging around just reminding me of it. Well, it won't be reminding you of it. You'll be dead. It'll be reminding everyone else of it. (laughs) I still think it'd be cool to have a doppelganger, just so it could clean. In 1906, British Parliament member Sir Gilbert Parker was attending a debate when he spotted Sir Frederick Khan Rash, a fellow Parliament member, sitting nearby. This greatly surprised Sir Gilbert, as Sir Frederick was severely ill with influenza at the time. Pre-ghost. Still, he politely greeted Sir Frederick and told him, I hope you're feeling better. Khan Rash didn't react in any way. He just sat there with a stony, grim expression on his face. When Sir Gilbert soon glanced at his friend again, the seat was completely empty. Bewildered, he searched for Khan Rash in the lobby, only to find that no one had seen him pass by. When he discussed the event with fellow parliamentarians, it turned out others had seen Khan Rash too. When the real Khan Rash, who'd been sick in bed all along, found out about the incident, he was quite unsurprised. He'd really wanted to take part in the debate, so to him it made sense that his spirit had sneaked a peek. His family, however, was terrified and feared the doppelganger was a bad sign. In a small way, they were right. For quite some time, Khan Rash was annoyed by fellow Parliament members who kept poking him with their fingers to make sure he was flesh and blood. (laughs) In the end, he had to write a massively sarcastic letter to a local newspaper, apologising that he didn't have the good sense to die at the time of the doppelganger sighting and promising to behave better next time. (laughs) That reminds me, have you ever heard, like, the stories about how somebody that you love or somebody that, you, you know, has been hurt Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, really sick or something. And for no reason, you see them. And then you're like, hey, I, I should probably try to get in touch with them or 
you know, see what's... Well, so you actually physically see them or you see, like, a ghost of them or something? Well, I, I, it's never happened to me. I don't know. But I'm just saying, I've heard stories about that sort of thing where, you know, that's how the they end up calling somebody to go check them or, right, or, okay. or whatever, you know. Well, it's funny you should mention that because there's a story that kind of follows along that kind of line that I found on Reddit. And it says, two years ago, my boyfriend killed himself. On the night that he did, I was sitting in my car outside of my apartment waiting for him. He texted me and said he was on his way. That's weird, isn't it? If someone's mm. going to kill themselves, why would they text and say they're on their way? But anyway, it says, from across the lot, I see him. So I get out of my car and start walking towards him. After about three steps, I realise he's walking in the other direction. So I yelled out his name, James. But he didn't turn around. Right as I was about to catch up to him, he rounded a corner. When I came around the corner, there was no one there. I'd seen his face when I first saw him across the lot, and I'm sure it was him. It was dark, but I know that it was him. Fast forward to the next morning after me calling him all night. I get a call from his brother telling me what happened. It was at the same time that he'd killed himself that I saw him in the car parking lot. Yeah, see, that's... It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, but is that a doppelganger or is Well, that... it could be a spirit devil. It could have been that he died and that was his actual ghost. And the whole idea of him walking away from her was, was uh, I don't know, a symbolism, if you like, of the fact that he was leaving, he was going. Catherine the Great, the powerful 18th century empress of Russia, was a powerful and dangerous figure. She was not phased by small matters such as seeing her own ghostly doppelganger take over her throne. It is said that one night Catherine was lying in her bed when worried servants told her they'd just seen her enter the throne room. When Catherine set out to investigate, she found her doppelganger sitting calmly on the throne. Catherine immediately ordered her sentries to shoot at her ghostly counterpart. Wow, never heard of that before. Shoot me. <laughs> yeah, that, right? that me. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> make sure you shoot the right one. The stories don't tell whether the bullet had any effect on the spectral empress. However, Catherine herself died soon afterwards. So it didn't have any effect on her at that particular moment, so they didn't shoot the real Catherine. There are a lot of people that say, much like that story I just read about that, young lad who committed suicide, that you will only see doppelgangers as a sign of impending doom. Someone's going to die or whatever. Impending doom. Okay, so this one's from Reddit. It says, I may have a doppelganger in my house. My daughter walks down the street to the bus stop and most of the time, as she's leaving in the morning or coming back in the afternoon, I'll watch her from the window and wave at her. Twice in the past couple of weeks, she's seen me waving at the window when I was otherwise preoccupied. The first time happened in the morning, and she came home apologising for not waving back to me, but I'd quickly turned away before she'd waved back. I thought it was a strange and brushed it off as maybe her being groggy or seeing things in the morning, maybe an odd reflection, or any number of possibilities since she only caught a glimpse. Doppelganger... Well, we know it's a doppelganger. It's a show about doppelgangers. Well, we know, but she doesn't <laughs> or didn't. But a couple of days ago, on her way back from the bus stop, she very clearly saw me waving and even waved back. I turned away before she got close enough to clearly see any features, but when she walked in the door, I was in a totally different room on the living room couch taking a catnap. She was really confused and asked me if I was just at the window waving, but I assured her that I'd been napping on the couch and hadn't moved. I guess she could have been sleepwalking. Hmm. 
We tried to recreate the conditions. Sometimes the curtain moved uh, when the air is on and maybe it caused an illusion, but it looked like curtains with nothing reflecting. We both went outside where she saw it and investigated this right after she got home and told me the story. I stood in the window and waved at her and she said it looked exactly the same as the doppelganger. So since this is happening at certain times of the day with two instances fairly close in occurrence, we're going to record the room where I wave at her and try to capture something on video. She's 10, by the way, and always has been honest and truthful in the past, so I believe her. Our house has had some creepy vibes lately too. Nothing obvious, just a feeling I have, so I don't know if that's worth mentioning. And we've lived here four years. There's an update to this as well, which says my daughter hasn't seen it since. It was about a month ago. They haven't recorded anything on camera either, so not sure if it'll show up again. Not that they want it to. But she says every time she walks past the room, she's afraid that she's going to see her double standing by the window. Mm, that's tough because it, it really could be um, nothing, couldn't it? I mean, it's it could, but it's pretty cool. At least someone said, "I'm going to set something up now, so if it does happen again, I'm going to capture it." Because none of the stories that we've got, or the historical things that we've got, yes, we've got instances where it was witnessed by 13 children in this in the classroom. I mean, so that's fairly good primary evidence, if you like, if you're you know, interviewing those kids that saw it. Unless they had some funny sort of Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not evidence that we can look at now, is it? No, and I suppose you got to give props to the mother who would go through it all because yeah. she believes her daughter saw something, which, you know, I'm not saying she didn't see it. I'm just thinking, you know, is she so used to her mom being up there waving that all she saw was something out of the corner of her eye and assumed that's what it was. I mean, it's hard to say. No, but she said the second time she actually saw her mum waving at her. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If they would have got something on tape, she'd have been pissing her panties. So it's probably good that they didn't get anything. Definitely. Mm. We're going to move on now to another story from Reddit, which technically you found, but you're making me read because it's longer, isn't it? Is that why? No, it's because I like the sound of your voice better than mine. Me too. And so do our (laughs) listeners. So do our listeners, by the way. We keep getting emails in from people saying that you sound so much better on here than me and that you sound really good, so... Um, too sexy for this mic. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I had met my significant other 11 years ago, he was still living with his mom and stepdad. My partner is Metis blood. Don't know what that is. Don't know if I'm saying it right. What do you think? Well, it's um, mixed origin blood, so like Indian Aboriginal or... Whatever. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Encyclopedia. No, Mr. Just looked at Wikipedia. Oh, that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stepfather is mixed Cherokee. For some reason, I feel this is relevant. At the time, I did not know this. For some reason, doppelgangers happened often in this apartment. Everyone in the family has experienced them multiple times. I will tell you about the first time I saw one. It was late at night as I slept over at the apartment. I came out of his bedroom and took a few steps to get into the bathroom. After I came out, I went straight to the water cooler. I looked up, and as I'm sipping on my water, I see my partner sitting on the sofa, and it looked like the TV was on. I thought nothing of it and went back to bed. But my partner was snoring in bed. Okay, that's a little creepy. I got scared and woke my partner up. I asked him to go check with me if someone was out there or the TV was on. We got up and checked. Darkness. Nobody but us are up. I got more scared and told him what I saw. He was just like, oh, we all see it. Don't worry. Everyone has seen each other's doppelganger. What? (laughs) 
Why hasn't anyone ever said anything? Well, it was something they got used to and thought nothing of it. I'm sorry, but that I, I don't think I could get used to that personally. There's a lot of spirituality based around sort of native Indian yeah, peoples, who isn't there? Yeah, who were smoking like peyote or something. <laughs> Not drinking water from a water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> You've just insulted almost every Native American there. Call them drug addicts. <laughs> Damn, you ain't going to be able to go home for a while. No, no more emails about my sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently, it started after his step-granddad passed away. At that time, they lived in another city in a basement apartment. Stepdad knew his dad was going to pass soon due to illness. One day, stepdad was showering in the bathroom. It had no windows, plus they are underground. All of a sudden, there's a black crow flying around, squabbling, trying to get free. He runs out with barely a towel, gets a broom, and eventually shoes the bird out the door. The whole family saw it. They all helped to get it out. That must have been interesting. Not two minutes later does his sister call to tell him of his father's passing. So apparently after that, it started happening all the time, even when they moved. Although my partner and I still live in the same building, a different apartment, 10 years later, she says I've never seen one since her partner moved out of his mom's house. Why? Thank goodness is what she said. It's weird because when you look at all of these stories, you think to a certain degree that you can say, okay, we know what's coming next with these. You know, we're reading the stories and people listening to it are probably thinking, yeah, okay, it's a doppelganger. There's not really enough similarities, if you like, between the cases other than they're seeing something that looks like either themselves or someone else. It's different circumstances. It's inside, it's outside, it's young kids, it's older people, it's crossing now cultural cultural divides. Mm -hmm. I've got loads of stories from when I was doing security work, and I've said a couple on this already, but my father uh, was a police officer. One night I was working late as in overnight. I used to work seven at night till seven in the morning doing this security job at this steel galvanising works. So they, the staff used to leave at 10 o'clock in the evening because they would be on the afternoon two till 10 shift. And then I would have to lock up and during the course of the night do a number of patrols around the, the place and what have you. And this one particular night where I was sat, in the office that I was sat, behind that there was a building... And the other side of that building, there was an old gate that's been padlocked. I mean, we used to have to open the padlock every every sort of month or so just to make sure that it's still open because that's the way that maybe emergency fire trucks or whatever would get in if there was a problem. But other than that, the gate was never used. I could see it on camera because essentially it's a gate, so, you know, it has to be covered on camera. Well, this one night, I was just sat in the office watching the cameras, maybe reading a book or had TV on as well, whatever. And I saw a car from inside the compound, from inside the factory area, drive at high speed towards these gates. And then all of a sudden, it just disappeared. It wasn't on the camera anymore. I mean, it didn't go from one camera to another. It was visible or would have been visible on that same camera for the whole duration if it had gone through those gates, but it didn't. 
and it was actually visible on a second camera that was pointing at a right angle to where that one was facing as well. You could see the lights change. So there was definitely something there. So I went out of the office and I ran round to that area and we've got floodlights that show outside as well. So I turned the floodlights on at the back of the building where this car had been and I could see there was wet tyre tracks down that bit of roadway there. Now, bearing in mind, as I say, the gate was locked, had been locked, no one else had the key but me, there was no one else on site but me and it just disappeared on the camera. You saw it on the camera and then it disappeared. And you could see it on the other camera or see the lights of it on the other camera and it just stopped and disappeared then. I noted the time it happened and I put it down in the occurrence book that we used to have to write the information in. And the next morning I I mentioned it to my dad and I said that this had happened and it was weird. And he said that he was working nights that night as well and at that time somebody had actually driven into a reservoir that was maybe 15, 20 miles away, to commit suicide. They'd like tied themselves to the steering wheel and then driven into the reservoir. And it was at the exact time that this ghostly car appeared and then disappeared on camera. And those wet tyre tracks that were on the roadway, when there was no water around and it was summertime, there was no reason for wet tyre tracks along that stretch of road. It's weird. It is really weird. But Ever find out there was a connection... Between whoever that was, your dad, and you? No, it wasn't anyone that either of us knew. But it was weird. We both happened to be working nights. He got the call that someone had gone into the reservoir in a vehicle. And initially, obviously, they thought this is possibly an accident. Um, But it turned out, because the guy was tied in there, that he'd actually... It was a suicide. And and I don't know whether he'd left a note or whatever, but it was was ruled as a suicide. That's pretty weird. So was it a doppelganger? Was it his doppelganger? Or was it a car doppelganger? Or was it a car doppelganger? I mean, you know. I see lots of cars that look the same. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. car doppelgangers. Okay, move on. (laughs) I just thought of something. No, you cannot, if you cheat, say, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was my doppelganger. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about that with that one earlier, where the guy, that parliament guy, he was supposed to be sick in bed with the flu. But someone saw him out, you know, could you use it if you were having, you know, if you took a sickie from work and then, you know, you were seen out in town by your boss or something, it wasn't me, you know. And if he he says, if your boss says, well, it was you because I, you know, I saw you, it was you, definitely you, he was wearing that same shirt, all you got to do is is get him to listen to our podcast. Yeah. And we can show that this kind of shit does happen apparently yeah and then they can use it in court because the person will go no no i didn't i didn't speed officer no it wasn't me yeah yeah it was my doppelganger yeah oh (laughs) you could get off of so much stuff couldn't you i wasn't doing i wasn't selling drugs i wasn't doing drugs yeah no but that speeding thing because we all get we all go a little bit fast sometimes on the road don't we i don't you get speed well you don't drive it twonk (laughs) all right moving on well, that's, that's probably the best defence of all, of all, isn't it? But I don't drive, <laughs> officer. All right, so this is uh, another one from Reddit. It says, during high school, I had a doppelganger. It's important to note that I went to high school under a different name than my legal name. Reason being that my stepdad wanted to pretend that we were his kids, even though he had never adopted us. Don't know how legal that is. No, or, or yeah, it sounds like, oh, I don't know, witness protection program yeah. or something. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> 
It wasn't me that saw it. It was my doppelganger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. The first time I found out about my doppelganger, I was waiting for a bus to take me back to my high school. We had a thing called the Skill Centre that students would take a bus to and back from during our school day. It provided a lot of job-related classes, like web design, broadcasting, that sort of thing. So I was waiting for the bus when a teacher that I hadn't known to this point stopped me by name and asked me why I hadn't been in class for the last two weeks. At that time, I was taking web design. Her class was broadcasting, and I was going to take that next semester. I told her that I didn't have her class, but she said she knew me by name, which she did, and that I'd been in her class for at least a month already, but that I hadn't shown up for the last two weeks. She had the bus held up while we went to the office to confirm that I was a natural fact in her class, only to find out that I was enrolled in both her class and web design. I was in web design under my assumed name and in her class under my legal name. Uh-huh, see, assumed name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also confirmed with my teacher in web design that I'd been there the entire time, then confirmed with my high school that I was indeed enrolled in web design during that time. But they did find that my legal name version was enrolled in a single class, broadcasting. Odd. My legal name isn't common and anyone in America with my real last name is definitely related to me. So this is no coincidence. Everybody's related to everybody. After that, my friends started seeing me all over the place. I would get people saying, hey, I just saw you at X or hey, I just passed you going in the other direction. All the time. Every time wondering how I got to where I was so fast. On several occasions, I'd hear about people honking at me and waving at me at places that I'd never been. At the time, I worked at an Albertsons as a courtesy clerk. One day, I worked directly after school, so I didn't go home at all until I got off at 9 o'clock that night. I walked in at around 9.15 to see my sisters and my mum giving me a really odd look. They asked me where I'd just come from. I said I'd been at work since I left school. My oldest sister says, ''No, you came home a while ago and went upstairs.'' Then my mum chimed in and said, yeah, you came home, said, hey people, and went upstairs and haven't come down. I told them both again that I hadn't been and that I'd been at work and have not been home. So my mother, my sister and I went up to my room to see who had come home. My light was on and the TV was on, but the room was vacant. That was about the last time I heard anything about my doppelganger. After that, he seemed to give up. Now that's pretty freaky. Yeah, that is weird. That gave me goosebumps. You've been watching porn. I haven't. It's my uh, doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to use this. <laughs> yeah, you think you're going to use it. <laughs> Maybe I'll use it. As long as it doesn't start with no, your honour. I don't mind. <laughs> this happened to me once in high school. I was in the grocery store and turned a corner to see my grandfather standing in the middle of an aisle. Seeing as how he lived about a thousand miles away, I was stunned. He looked up at me, widened his eyes, and gave me the most heartfelt high I've ever received. After returning the greeting, he put his arm on my shoulder and I asked how he'd been doing. The second he touched me, something changed. After staring at each other, we simultaneously realized we were complete strangers. The craziest part was... The instant we realized we didn't know each other, he stopped looking like my grandfather, as if his face changed. Freaks me the fuck out to this day. Wow. How weird is that? Okay, here's another. My dad used to get up around 3am every morning for work. Starting at a very early age, I would wake up on my own and wander downstairs to see him before he left. 
One morning when I was about four years old, I made it to the bottom of the stairs and noticed that the front door was ajar and the window was a bottle. What? Uh... <laughs> no, front door was ajar. I opened it up and saw my father in his favourite work shirt making his way down the driveway to his truck in his typical work outfit, plaid shirt and dickies. Do you all know what dickies are? I know what dickies are. I've got dickies upstairs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and i got another one here. I swung the door wide open and yelled for him to come back for a hug before he left. He slowly turned around and just stared at me. And then he started walking back towards the house. He was looking so strangely at me that it started to scare me. And I began crying and asking what was wrong. Just as he almost reached me, a pair of arms encircled me from behind in a bear hug. I turned my head to see my understandably freaked out father staring at his doppelganger in the same outfit. Oh, look it. Look, look. <laughs> you're going to have to tell people what you're doing. Look it, look it, look it about. Because I can see that you're pointing out the goosebumps <laughs> on your arms. <laughs> but no one else knows. Look it, look it. <laughs> Why do you guys say look it? I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, the double took one look at my dad and ran down the driveway. Meanwhile, my dad yanked me back in the house and locked the door. Weirdest morning ever. Never did quite figure that one out. I wouldn't trust my four-year-old memory of the event if it wasn't also witnessed by my father. He won't really talk about it these days, but my mum has since told me that he called out of work and she spent the rest of the day reassuring him that he wasn't in that case. Can you believe that, though? He saw his doppelganger walking towards his kid, but then when he noticed his doppelganger and his doppelganger noticed him, his do- doppelganger thought, fuck, and ran away. His doppelganger looked scared, not him. Yeah, his doppelganger was scared of him. So is the doppelganger... Is the doppelganger the doppelganger? Yeah, or is the dad the doppelganger? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe the kid is now living with the doppelganger. You know, if that poor guy is listening, he's going to be peeing his pants. Yeah, I know. Be on the phone to his we're dad. Only, be we're only like, kidding. Be all like, Dad, yeah, <laughs> do you remember yeah. this story? Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I would so have to be, you know, as an adult go, do you remember when this happened? You know, you might not want to talk about it, but. Yeah, I think that's a visit to the psychiatric unit for me, personally. Yeah, that, that was really weird. I woke up and got out of bed in the middle of the night. I walked into the living room and saw my dad slumped over and walking to the front door. I just stood there and watched, and he walked outside and sat down on the sidewalk that went up to the front door. I watched him through the window for a second, and he just sat there staring into a tree with no expression on his face. He looked really pale and almost bluish. I then walked down to my parents' room, and I woke my mom and asked her why dad was sitting outside. I'll never forget it, she said... What are you talking about? He's right here. And I looked over her, and my dad was laying asleep in bed. Still scares me to think about it. Wow. See, I'm serious. It's like a pre-ghost. Yeah. So strange. Well, I've got one here about a French writer, and his name is Guy de Maupassant. Now, or something like that. Or something like that. But the amount of times they call him de Maupassant throughout this is just going to take I'm going to get it wrong so I'm going to call him Guy throughout instead okay because okay. that's his first name Guy yeah okay? yeah taking a wimpy way yeah yeah exactly mm. yeah, tell me about it so it's an easy way French writer Guy de Maupassant is known <laughs> for what is perhaps the most intimate doppelganger experience on record toward the end of his life he is said to have regularly interacted with his doppelganger 
this eerie twin not only talked to him, but actually sat down and started dictating a short story to him. Yes, Guy claimed that one of his last stories was literally ghost-written, by his own ghost, no less. If that's not chilling enough, don't worry, it gets even better. The story that the spirit allegedly dictated to him was The Hauler, an unnerving tale of a man whose sanity is slowly consumed by an evil spirit that uses him as a host. As if echoing the story, Guy's mental health started deteriorating soon after finishing it. Now, there's actually another version of this story. And this the, uh, sounds so familiar for some reason. Yeah. Well, the other version of the story says that the doppelganger didn't actually dictate the book as it disappeared when the terrified guy called his servant. However, the apparition returned a few months later. It entered the writer's room, looking at him with a sad expression. Then it sat down and buried its face in its hands, as if in despair. Convinced that the doppelganger had brought bad news of disaster, the horrified guy's life was downhill from there. He died in an insane asylum a year later. And I wonder if this account came before or after he went insane and was in an asylum. Don't know. Weird, huh? Also, apparently the doppelganger was depressed because he came in and stuck his head between his hands. So maybe he was really depressed and he ended up dying in, in a, a sane asylum as well. It does make you wonder, though, honestly, who's the doppelganger? Like, are the doppelgangers going, holy shit, I just saw my doppelganger when they yeah. go and wherever you know they what, go. Do you know what's making me wonder? I wonder if you could have sex with your doppelganger. Ew. No, I, do you know what I mean? It, the, no, the reason, I don't know what you mean. The reason why I ask that, or the reason why I thought about that, is it says here, at the start of that story, French writer Guy de Montpassant is known for what is perhaps the most intimate doppelganger experience. And I just wonder whether there was a more intimate... There's more to intimacy than sex. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. Jeez, here we go with the female <laughs> conversation. <laughs> No, you know what I mean, though, isn't it? If if you ended up, can imagine this, right? Okay, I'm upstairs. We're doing we're doing the hokey pokey, right? And I think everything's cool in the gang, right? And then all of a sudden, it disappears, and you walk in, and I'll be like, "What the frick? <laughs> What's going on?" And you'll go, "Do you want some?" And I'm like, "Give me ten minutes." <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, though, don't you? Mm, I know that you're digging yourself into a really dark and deep pit of despair. I'm glad you said I'm digging yourself into a deep pit and not yeah, a deep yeah. hole because well, I, I, I would have well, laughed my I, head off. Well, as I was saying it, I'm going, oh, no, I don't want to say it. That's, <laughs> that's why I started to... <laughs> All right, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> people, people <laughs> sending comments now about your deep dark pit. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay. So, should we talk about the winner of our uh, yeah? Let's contest? move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Right. Okay, so I've got all of the um, bits of paper in here with everyone's names on and also details of their stories, if they've sent in a story, etc., etc. So here goes. So this is me fishing through the box full of all of the 
a lot of things here, and I've got one. Let's just open it up. And I'm going to hand this to you. You can read out. Winner, there you go. Yay. All right. Our winner is Emile, and she is from Austria. 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 So congratulations, Emil. Um, the book will be on its way to you first thing Monday morning. Um, what we'll do is we'll send you an email uh, just after this recording so that you can send us your address. And obviously, providing you get that to us, we will uh, we'll get that in a post to you. Well done. Thank you very much. She listens, uh, incidentally, when she's on her way into work. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, so Emil has included a story with her submission for the book. And I will read this out for you now. So it says, I live in the mountains in Austria and have seen lights in the sky that I can't explain for many years. Friends and family always tell me they're planes, but as anyone that has lived in the mountains will tell you, the sound of planes will ricochet around and through the mountains and valleys. These lights are not accompanied by sounds. Maybe they're some kind of new stealth craft, we would wonder. One night I was sitting on our porch having a drink she puts in brackets there, just one beer. She wasn't drinking to excess. Yeah. No, okay, then. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we believe you, honest. It was about 8.30 in the evening and dark. I was watching the sky and just daydreaming when I saw a light come up over the top of the mountain. It then started descending down the side of the mountain towards me, following the contours as if scanning it. A helicopter may have been able to do this, but not a plane, and I couldn't hear the engine at all. I ran inside to get my binoculars. When I came back outside, there was no need for the binoculars. The craft was hovering at the end of my property about 150 metres away. And for those that don't use the metric system, there's about three and a half feet in, in a metre. The disc was shaped about 12 metres wide and hovering about two metres off the ground. There was a hum, like the kind you'd get from a transformer and like a static feeling in the air. It had a pale blue light surrounding it like a glow and had red, orange and green lights flashing around it. The lights seemed to follow a weird pattern. I called for my husband who was in the bathroom. He later told me that he could see the lights through the frosted window of the bathroom but couldn't make out any shape. I stood and just watched the craft watching me. I felt like I was being scanned or inspected like it was looking inside me. My husband came bursting through the door about two minutes later although it felt like ten. As he did, the craft shot up into the air, vertically, straight up, without any more sound than it had when it was hovering. Within a second, it was out of sight. My husband said that he saw the flash of it leave, but never got to see it up close like I did. I have never seen anything like that before. I have no evidence, as it was about 15 years ago and before mobile phones with cameras were around. People may think me and my husband are making this up, but I will take the memory of this to my grave. Wow, Emil. Geez, well, let me tell you, if you've had that kind of experience, then this book is going to scare the piss out of you. <laughs> That's not very nice. Well, it's true, it is. But listen, thank you very, very much. Really do appreciate it. And that's one hell of a story. So thank you very much for sending it in to us. And thank you for taking part. You know, this podcast can only get better by people submitting their true stories. And so the more we get the more we're going to be less reliant on things like Reddit and doing our research, and the more we can just concentrate on the things that you guys want to tell people. 
Yes, and as well as thanking Emil, we also want to thank the other people who did submit things for us. Yeah, yeah, we we had about 70-something submissions, so, yeah, really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Not all of them had stories, but those that do have stories we'll include in future podcasts anyway. Okay, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you again next week. And don't forget, send in your stories or anything that you might have to weirdwackywonderfuloutlook.com. Bye, everybody. Watch out for your doppelgangers and send us your stories before your doppelganger does it first. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Take Bye. it easy. Bye.